Christmas Eve day, and it's, it's a little overcast outside, right? Amen. <laughs> Y'all ready to get into the word? Praise the Lord. Okay. Well, let's go to the let's go to the book of Luke for a moment. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, the Holy Spirit wants me to go back to Romans five. So let's go to Romans chapter 5. Let's just stretch that. Go to Romans chapter 5. And let's look here at Romans 5 and let's look at verse 12. Is what we're going to start. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man's sin enter into the world, and death by sin, so how did, how did death come? It came by sin. So if death came by sin, everything that is associated with sin, death, sickness, disease, pain, oppression, sorrow, it all came by sin. So if there was no sin, there would be no pit, no death. Amen? So, notice this. And death by sin, and so death passed upon all men. This death is spiritual. It's a spiritual death. In other words, this is a death that you don't, it's not, it, it doesn't mean you cease to exist. It just means that you have transferred or been transferred from death, I mean from light unto death. Now, when we got born again, we went from death unto light. Okay? So the death that Paul is speaking of here, and we can use it in a plural sense, but it is more of a spiritual death, meaning the separation between God and man, the life that man was receiving, the light of life that man was receiving, it was cut off. It didn't mean that God stopped speaking with him. It just means the light of life that man was drawing from has now been disconnected. Because we were created, all mankind were created to live for eternity. There was no death. Okay? There was no death. But we're coming back around again because we have Jesus being the second Adam. And as you recognize Jesus being the second Adam, he has also given back unto us life. Are you following what I'm saying? And the life that we have is in him. Okay? Now watch this. Next, uh, uh, Bobby. For until the law, sin was where? <coughs> It was in the world. See? Until the what? Until the law came, sin was already in the world. So that, you know, and we'll share with you a little bit because uh, sin was not imputed because there was no law to hold you accountable to something that was wrong. So from Adam to Moses, 
that was no law. Sin was in the world, but there was no law to say, you know, you can't marry your half-sister. Like Abraham did. Like Jacob married uh, his sister's uh, his sister's sister, amen? Or he married his sister, right? He married Leah, and then he married Rachel. There was no law for that. Now, once the law came in, you couldn't do that. Follow me? All right? So here he says, for until the law, sin was where? In the world. So sin was already in the world. So we were already living by this dispensation called grace. But when the law came, the law came and interrupt what grace had made provision for for a time and a season until God could bring to you and I the true reformation that we have that is in Christ Jesus. Okay? So now notice this. For, go back for a moment. For until the law of sin was in the world, but sin is not what? Imputed when there is no law. That's powerful. See? Sin is not what? Imputed when there is no law. And so now, therefore, you and I have been justified by faith in Christ. Well, guess what? There is no law about sin. Why? Because you've been born again. Now, you still can sin in your body, and you, and you can still give Satan an end in your life, but that's the reason why we don't live in sin. It may not be able to attack my spirit, sin, that is, but it still can attack my body. It still can attack me mentally because those two parts of me has not been born again. Now, we can have the word of God to do what? To cleanse us, to cover us, and to keep us whole while we're here until the fullness of the redemption that we have in Christ take place. So the fullness of our redemption, even though we have it, it won't justify itself or it won't come or be as it never happened until we get a glorified body when you leave here. But we have a promissory note. We can base it on the word of God that, hey, if I sin, I can say, Father, forgive me. And we're not just saying, Lord, forgive us. We acknowledge that this is wrong. See, an unbeliever can't acknowledge. He may know if something is wrong, but he can't truly acknowledge and turn away from it. You and I, as a believer, we can acknowledge it's wrong and turn away from it. That's a different. Okay? The unbeliever can't do that. You know, 1 John 1, 9, let's put that up a moment, uh, Bobby. 1 John 1, 9, it talk about if we confess our fault, that he is just, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to do what? To forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. Well, an unbeliever can't do that. So that scripture is for the believer. But it's not my spirit that needs to be cleansed. Right? It's my soulish man that needs to be good. Because why? Soul salvation, and that's why this is such a blessing. You talk about the birth of Christ, or talk about who we are in him. This is the purpose of the season. Is that 
I can acknowledge this wrong because the war between God and man has been severed. God is not angry with you and I anymore. God took all of his anger, all of his wrath, according to Luke 2.14, he took all of his anger, all of his wrath, all of his judgment about what sin, one, what the sin did unto man, and he placed it all on the spirit of Jesus in his body so that you and I could be free. So that's the Christmas gift to all of us is to be free from sin, from our sin nature. Amen? And so therefore now I have the power and the ability to control what's right and what's wrong according to revelation knowledge of the word. So when I have uh, understanding of a spiritual truth, then guess what? I'm not only acknowledging this fault, this wrong, but now I have the word of God to put in that place to make sure I don't stumble in that way again. That's the difference between the believer and the unbeliever. Unbeliever don't have that. You and I, as the believer, we do. So if we mess up, we can, we can see what the scripture says about that, repent about that, and then make it right before Almighty God and move on without guilt, without shame, without any condemnation. Can you see it? And that's the key right here. That's what this verse of Scripture right here is for. You know, so uh, go back to Romans chapter 5 and look at verse 14, I think it was. It's nevertheless death, that means spiritual death, spiritual death, reign from Adam to Moses. See, the word reign means, uh, Brother George, it ruled. It ruled in the life. Why? Because it's like you had nothing, you were spiritually separated. It's like taking uh, 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 some type of flower or some type of plant. You take it out of the soil and you just lay it down on the ground, what do you think going to happen? You die. Right? And that's the same thing with, with you and I. See, we were taken out of Adam or out of God, the spiritual part, and that's what spiritual death is. Spiritual death brought about sickness, it brought about disease, it brought about Every manner of evil that you and I can think of. Okay? But under the new Adam, everything has been restored back to right standing with God. So now we have this spiritual life, whereas, notice it, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned. After the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was come. Watch the verse, next verse. But not as the offense. So also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, that's spiritually speaking, right? Much more the grace of God. Everybody say the grace of God. Because that's what you have. God's grace was to redeem us. God's grace was to redeem us from sin, from sickness, from disease, from oppression, 
I everything that Satan had had uh, had made us a slave to God come in the likeness of sinful flesh and redeemed us from that place and put us in right standing with him, but knows how he did it through Christ Jesus. So my right standing is not because of what I've done. My right standing is because of what God did through his son farming. Now that what God did for me, now I have the right that when my body is attacked, when my marriage is attacked, when my finances are attacked, uh, when my relationship with, with you is attacked, I have a right to say, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. What am I doing? As the righteousness of God, I'm taking authority over that issue because I can't. Because my right standing with God now is through what Jesus did. Can you see that? Now, the first Adam put me just the opposite. See, the, the reciprocal of, of our right standing is what? It's not being in right standing. It's living under the law. It's living under the demand of what one man transgression did. It brought forth death. It brought forth oppression. It brought for all manner of birth defects. And sometimes, you know, you see babies come into the world, they have a birth defect. And somebody said, boy, you know, they must have lived, they must have done something bad. Boy, I tell you what, it, you know. Uh, it, no, it's through one man's transgression. It's a spiritual law that was violated that caused spiritual defect. Hmm? So every time a baby is born, that's a miracle. That's the greatest miracle besides the spiritual birth. Okay? Now, <coughs> excuse me, watch this. So he said, but not as the offense, so it's to free them. For if through the offense of one, many be dead. Through what? The offense of one, many be dead. Much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto what? Many. See? Watch the next verse up, Bobby. Not as it was by one that sinned, so it's a gift. For the judgment was by one to what? Condemnation. And that's where you and I receive guilt. That's what we be, that's what we feel condemned. That's why people this time of year, when they have deceit, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame comes up on you because of past events. Well, you see, you can do something about it. You don't have to wear that guilt. You don't have to wear that shame. You could say, no, I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. I take my authority in Jesus' name. I am the righteousness of God by faith in Christ Jesus. What are you doing? That thought that wanted you to become all Buddha, you just removed it. You just replaced it with the word of God. You said, no evil shall befall me. No, any plague come not my brother. What you did, you just set up a new precedent of what you're going to think and how you're going to live. You did it by words. You understand what I'm saying? Notice this. For, for the judgment was by one to condemnation, 
But free gift is of many offenses unto justification. See, through one man offense, what? The condemnation came. Condemnation is the tap root to all sin. Because once you live condemned, man, the judgment of condemnation is like, it don't want to let you go. This is where, you know, people that are more suicidal, they are so condemned in themselves, they have brought such guilt, such shame to themselves, whereas they don't know how to let go. They don't know how to move forward. Hmm? And I'm telling you, this right here, it said, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Watch this, meaning, verse 17, for if by one man offense death reign, what death was that? Spiritual death. It's the absence of spiritual life. That's all it is. So that means I'm disconnected from God because of what sin did. No longer now can we be disconnected from God as a son or daughter of God, but it is the soulish part of me that can be disconnected. Can you see that? That's where we, we gave the first John 9, if thou will confess a sin, he is faithful and just to what? To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, again, you can only be cleansed from all unrighteousness as a believer. An unbeliever can't. They don't know they're wrong. They don't even, they don't even acknowledge they're wrong. But you and I, as the righteousness of God, and that's what we talked about, is, you know, looking at the birth of Christ, looking at this being Christmas Eve. This is the greatest gift to mankind. It's to know that spiritually speaking, mentally, you know, or speaking, physically speaking, man, I can, I can walk whole because God gave his life for me on the earth. Hmm? Watch this. So it says, for if one man offends, death reigns by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness should do what? Reign in life. See, how, how should we reign in life? By one Jesus Christ. Put it up in, in the collective amplifier of Bible. Watch this. For it's because of one man trespass, lapse, or offense. Death did what? It rained through that one. See? Much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, meaning putting them into right standing with himself. Meaning, look at this. For if one man trespass, put it all, cause death to reign through us all, that's spiritual death. That one man, that Adam, that ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, put us all in a place whereas we all receive punishment, judgment. Okay? Why? Because when God created man, God breathed into him or spoke into him the breath of life. That means mankind was producing after his own kind. So what was mankind supposed to produce? The God kind of life. 
Because man is a spirit, but God made a body for that spirit to house that spirit. So that's what we have in us now. We have a spirit, but this body is to house to keep the spirit on earth. If this body didn't exist, your spirit was boom, go. Every person that dies, it don't matter whether they go to heaven or hell, the moment they cease, to, they take their last breath on this side, their spirit goes to where, where their maker is for eternity. The moment you take the last breath, if, you're, if, if we just cocked over right here, if I just fell over right here, well, guess what? I'll boom, I'll be in the face of Jesus just that fast. What a joy. What a joy. Huh? And, and But while we're here on the earth, we can still live victorious if we understand this, 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 this redemption that, was, that, was, that had given us this power, this ability to know that, like it says, for if by grace one man trespass, it's offense, death reigned through that one much more surely with those who receive God's overflowing grace. See, you got to receive it. He provided it, but you still got to receive that grace. You know, you got to see, Brother Joe, what he did for you. If you don't receive it, then guess what? Even though it's there for you to embrace, but if you don't receive it, then you can still walk around filled with sin. You can still walk around filled condemned. You can still walk around feeling judged. Why? Because you didn't receive it. But the moment you receive it, then now that word of eternal life goes to work in your life and what it does, it pushes away guilt. It pushes away shame. It pushes away everything that is anti-God. Okay? So here, it says God overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness. You notice it. The free gift, that's your trump card right there. That free gift of righteousness, man, that's your card that it gets you in the door everywhere. It's your master card. Your master key. Because you are the righteousness of God, but it is through Christ Jesus. So God did, God did not do anything based on your merits. <clears throat> he didn't give you anything based on your merit. He gave it to you based on his merit and his merits only. Because he loved you unconditionally. God didn't give to us based on condition. We would do something based on condition. But once you start growing in this love, once you start having an understanding of this love, then you and I will start doing to people unconditional. Now, they say, well, how can I pay you back? No, you can't. It's a gift. Because why? You're so grateful and so thankful for what God has done in your life. You saw the light. <coughs> Excuse me. You have a supernatural change in your life. Money came by that. Happiness came by that. I mean, you can be happy for a little bit. I mean, there are plenty of wealthy people, but they're not, they don't have no joy. 
They have no peace. They have a lot of money. They can only buy so much. And after a while, I know people like that. They're miserable. See, because what we're speaking of here, money can't, money can't do that. What we're speaking of right here, you could be broken and cooler brown and have this peace on the inside of you, and you are trusting the God that made you righteous that, hey, I might be broke right now, but guess what? I'm not going to stay broke because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And what did they say? I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. That's a promise to you and I. You grab hold to the promise, you receive that promise, and you walk in those truth. Are you following me? Notice this. So he said, God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them where? In right standing with himself. So we are put in right standing with God. Hmm? Reign as kings in life through the one through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So that's how we're ruling. That's how we're running. That's how we can take back. We can walk as though nothing never happened because our righteousness is through what Jesus did. He is the substitute for what I was supposed to receive. He took it on for me so that I couldn't. I mean, I wouldn't. I couldn't do it no way. It wouldn't be valid. But he was out sin, chose to do it, to honor his father, to bring victory to you and I. Okay? Next verse. Uh, he said, well then, as one man trespassed, one man false steps, and falling away led to condemnation. You see that? Well then, as one man what? Trespassed, one man's false step. And falling away, it led to what? Condemnation for all men. Why? Because we were never supposed to know evil. We were never supposed to know charge. We were never supposed to know anything about struggle. We were never supposed to know any of that. Hmm? But through one man transgression, that's what happened. No, but notice this. It said it led to condemnation for all men. So one man's act of righteousness leads to acquittal and right standing with God. It wasn't that we were not guilty. It led to our acquittal because of Christ Jesus. God sent his son himself in the likeness of sinful flesh and redeemed us from sin. Now, he's giving you and I the opportunity today to choose his life that he made available to you and I, but it is through Christ Jesus. It's the greatest gift that anybody could receive. It's not about, you know, all the, the tangible gifts. It's not about all the little things that people look for this time of the year. Because I can tell you, if some people don't get the gift that they think they're supposed to have, it's going to be an uproar. Because that's all that, that's how they see Christmas. 
Oh, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, our stores are, they don't promote Christmas starting in October or whatnot just because they want to. No, it brings forth money, but they don't want what Christmas really represents. But the retail stores make a lot of money on the death of our Lord and Savior. Hmm? <coughs> Excuse me. As I indicated earlier, a lot of people's at home preparing for tomorrow. Churches everywhere ought to be run over. But they're not. Because the idea that we have about Christmas have now moved away from its true identity to just merchandise. That's you know, what I'm going to get. How much I'm going to eat. It's all about me. Hmm? Next week, it's going to be a different tone. Everybody ate all the ice cream. Ate all the pies. Now it's about how much weight I can lose. Huh? Yeah, they knew your resolution, how much they're going to lose. You see how it is? It's just a gimmick. No. Get your weight down to the place where God wanted to be and just maintain it. Don't wait to certain days. That's too much of a burden. Beating all that stuff and then trying to work it off. That don't come up like it, like talking about. Right? I'm telling you, you got to talk to it, and you got to work it. <laughs> Amen. All right. So now watch this. So it says, Well, then, as one man trespassed, one man false step of falling away led to condemnation for all men. So he's there for God not holding you guilty. It wasn't our fault. But because we were created in the image or likeness of Adam, so everyone that came out and the likeness of Adam, it fell upon us. Death fell upon us. But now, all of us that received Jesus as Lord and Savior, his life fell upon you and I. We didn't do anything to receive death. We definitely didn't do anything to receive his life. It's a gift. Okay? So, it says, so one man act of righteousness leads to what? Acquittal. That's what you and I say, acquittal. See, you've been acquitted. That means whatever was wrong can't be held against you no more. I mean, if you suffer with a defect, if you suffer with some type of illness, if you suffer with some type of whatever it may be, you've been acquitted. You can use that verse of scripture right there, oldest. And you can say, no. So one man act of righteousness, which is Jesus, it led to my acquittal. It put me in right standing with God. So if I'm in right standing with God, there's nothing lacking about God. <coughs> is that right? There's nothing lacking about God. There's nothing poor about God. There's nothing sick about God. There's no weakness in God. 
There's no pain or sorrow in God. And you and I have his rights to his righteousness, but it comes through Christ Jesus. I said, but I feel it in my body. Yeah. But that's why you're partaking the nature of God and you're using the rights that you have as a believer and you'll take and you what you're doing. You're calling for those things that be not as though they were. Watch this. We'll come back. Go to Mark chapter 11. Um, Bobby, and look at verse 12. It says, And on the morrow, and on the day following, go to uh, King James. What, uh, no, see right there because this is good. It said, On the following day, when they had come away from Bethany, he was hungry. Talking about Jesus. And seeing in distance a fig tree covered with leaves, meaning if it had leaves, it was supposed to have figs. And he went to see if he could find anything, if fruit on it for the time of fig, for the time, I mean, for in the fig tree, the fruit appeared, right? You see that? That's what I wanted you to see. He went to see if he could find any fruit on it, for in the fig tree, the fruit appeared at the same time as leaves. And that's what the horticulture was speaking of in Israel. And when I read it in the Amplifier, I said, well, that is right there. But when he came up to it, he found nothing but what? Leaves for the time for the fig season had not yet come. That's what the fig tree said, no king James. Never. The fig tree says one thing, but what did Jesus say? And he said to it, No one ever again shall eat fruit from you. And his disciples were listening to what he said. Now listen to this carefully, because we're talking about our right standing with God, but it comes through Jesus Christ. Here's God in flesh and bone body, and he he, he is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit as we are today. And he's speaking as a, a, an anointed man of God. He's not speaking as God. He's speaking as an anointed of God. Demonstrating to you and I that we too can, ha can have the same if we believe. Watch this. Next verse. Uh, uh, or 24 hours in bed. Go, go to uh, verse 20. And in the morning when they were passing alone, meaning they come back the way they went, they notice. Who noticed it? The disciples. What did they notice? The fig tree was what? Wilted and completely what? Away to its roots. Hmm? One day, immediately. Saints, that's the power that be in you and I. Your words have that kind of ability to bring about change. But you have to be one willing to have an understanding that I'm accountable for this righteousness that has been made unto me of God through Christ Jesus. That's why you put a guard over your mouth. You just don't let your mouth loose. 
You don't let your words rise because words is what rules the universe. Words is what created the universe. So the universe, it listens to your words. Your environment is the way it is because of your words. What are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about your situation? <coughs> Nothing just seemed to go right for me after all what I've done, right? <coughs> Can you see it? If you're not careful, you'll find yourself as the victim. Remember, this life that we live by faith, the enemy is going to take shots at you and I. But he's not taking the shot that he's, that he's taking towards you. It's not because of you. It's because what you wear, what you're saying, what your stance are. It's trying to get you to back up off of your stance as the righteousness of God, of speaking of this, standing up for this. It don't want you to do that. It wants you to renege. Then that way the kingdom of darkness can continue to keep doing what it's doing because there is no one on the earth that has power to change it. Hmm? So the first time we encounter something, we can't say, well, man, you know what? <clears throat> I'm done with this. You know, um, no. The moment you have direction, the distraction is going to show up. I mean, look right here. It says in the morning when he passed by along the way, they noticed the fig tree was wooded and taken up uh, to his roots. Watch this, verse 21. And Peter remembered and said unto him, Master, look, the fig tree which you doom has withered away. They were amazed at his words. Look what Jesus said to them. Have faith where? Now, I like this. Because it didn't just say have faith in God, but notice the word, what? Constantly. <coughs> you and I, our faith is to be in God. And that's what it means. Your faith or belief is in something or someone. In this case, our faith is in God. Hmm? Constantly. Whatever the word of God says that we have in this right standing in Christ Jesus, we are to stand upon that promise. No matter what. Even when it doesn't look like it's going to help. Even when they say this can't change. Even when they say this can't happen. This is impossible for a fig tree in 24 hours to dry up at the root. It was dead the moment Jesus spoke it. It just took all night for it to be seen what he said. Mm. See, you don't understand the power that be in your words. 
The only time we understand power in our words is when we're angry and we figure we're trying to get someone back by being evil, by being mean, by speaking. No, you did, all you do is show your emotion. But if you really want to make a, you really want to make a great distinction, find out what God's word said about it. And then stand on that promise. Watch what happens. It's going to change for your good. But it won't change for you if you won't apply it. So Jesus is showing a principle here. Look what he said. Have faith in God constantly. Watch this, verse 23. He said, truly I tell you, whoever, who's a whoever? Me, you. Whoever will what? Say or whoever is someone that's going to speak. But if you keep your mouth closed, it will change. You got to speak in light, in alignment of the truth. That's what changes everything. That's what gives us this confidence in this day, in the season, that, man, I'm going to 2024 better, Bigger, brighter than ever. Now you just you, why, why? Because Christ is bigger. I've learned more. I understand more. So I can go into 2024 not trying to prophesy because God has already wrought through his son for you and I so that we can have God's best, God's proficiency, God's sufficiency. And you, you follow what I'm saying here? Now, you know. I'm going right back. Look at look, 2 Corinthians 9. Come back to this. And look at verse 8 and leave it right in the classic amplifier. And notice what it said. And God is able to make all grace, every favor, earthly blessing come to you how? In abundance. It's telling you what God is able to do. But guess what? You and I got to add our agreement to it. We got to get out. We have to step out on faith with a belief and say to it. This is telling me what God is able to make all great. Every earthly favor, favor and earthly blessing come to me in abundance so that I may always under all circumstances and whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough, to require no aid or support and furnish an abundance for every good work and charitable nation. Now, that's telling me what God is able to do. Right? But let's back it up to verse 6. Let's see the qualification of that. Remember this. He who sows sparingly, well, God is able. But here's the qualification. For God is able to make all grace abound towards you. He that sows sparingly, Grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. That means you, you know, you give grudgingly, you give sparingly, you know, you give out of come up. That's how it's gonna come back. That's a law. And he who sows generously, that blessing may come to someone, will also reap generously and with blessing. Man, do you understand what that is? One who gives generously, you're going to reap generously. What does the word generosity or generously mean? 
It means abundance, right? It means full. It means you have no room to contain. With, notice what it said. With blessing. That means you're going to be wearing the coat of God's prosperity. The coat of God's healing and help. That blessing will be upon you. You'll be wearing it. People will be attracted to the Christ that's in you, to the righteousness of God's right standards on your life. They will be attracted to it. It's not what you do, it's what he has done, but faith requires a belief. Faith requires an action. So you have to give. Financially speaking, before you can receive, before you can reap generously, you got to give with a generous heart. You can't give with a stingy heart. You can't give out of, you know, some time. It's not determined by man. It's determined by God. Hmm? Look at the next verse. So he said, let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purpose in his heart. So in order for you to give according to as you make your own mind and purpose in your heart, that means you are giving based on how you're growing, how the word is affecting your life, how is it bringing about change, how you can see you can see the spiritual growth. You can see how you went from this nasty attitude, from you went from this foul mouth speaking. You went from things that just caused you to be just do, and all of a sudden now you're full of joy. So a person would give according to as he purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowful or under compulsion. God loves what? You see it? For God loves, he takes what? Pleasure in, prize above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without. A cheerful, joyous, prompt to do giver whose heart is in his giving. Your heart got to be your giving. Oh, when God see a man, a woman, heart is in their giving. Oh yeah, you gonna wear blessing. It'll be worn. It'll be on you. Healing, help. It'll be on. Can you see it? All right. Now, that's the qualification for verse eight, verse six and seven. We just read. Now, go back to Mark 11. I'm not going to keep you long today. Okay, get, um, what I say, Mark chapter 11. Mark uh, 11, 22, 23. Okay, go to verse 23. So Jesus said, truly, truly, I tell you, whosoever or whoever says <coughs> to this mountain, now what is the mountain? Anything that look like it's a challenge, 
Anything that looks like it's trying to take away from you. Anything that looks like it won't change, it won't move. Look what Jesus said. Whoever say to this mountain, that means you call it by its name. Debt, I command you to be paid it for. Don't ever get to the place and say, ooh, debt, you are so big, we're not going to ever get you paid out. Well, your words is setting up a cornerstone that you're not going to ever come out. But I thank you that I have given, and it is given unto me. And I just thank you, Lord, that every quick heart I have is paid in full. I call it paid in full now in the name of Jesus. Now, how that's going to be done, I don't know. But one thing for sure, my giving is, effect, is attached to it. My sowing into someone else's life is attached to it. My giving of tithes and giving in ministry is attached to it. And then God comes along with someone and say, I have $100,000 that pay out everything, you, whatever you have up to $100,000. Whoa. Would you be excited? You understand what I'm saying? Well, God can cause that, but he's looking at your heart. So when you have opportunity to give, it's like, well, I can't afford to give this. I can't do this. I got this, got this, I got that. I understand. But you're not dealing with me as a man. You're dealing with God, the one who's the author over, who's the one who's going to supply you, who's going to generously see that you are multiplied Back generously with blessing. If I told you, I said, well, I'm going to tell Brother George that you'll multiply back generously with blessings. Man, ain't no way in the world could do that. That's a lie. But sometimes people like to hear stuff like that. Well, you know, Pastor Ty said he's going to do this, he's going to do that, or whatever. I mean, it's good, but guess what? Uh-uh. He lied. Even if I wanted to. I can't take the place of God. Huh? No. We should always stay in our place and we'll allow God to be God. Okay? So Jesus said, truly, I tell you, whosoever will say to this mountain, say to this debt, say to this whatever, you call it by that mountain has a specific name for you. It has a specific name for me. Okay. Be lifted up and be thrown into the sea. And do not, here's the qualification, and do not doubt in your heart. Because if you start doubting in your heart, that's where the enemy is coming to attack you. He's attacking you in your heart. He's attacking you in your soulish man. He'll attack you in your imagination. What does he want to do? He will make you doubt. It don't make sense for me to give money away when I need money, right? In the natural, that may be. But this is not in the natural. This is God. You tell me out of 8 billion people on the earth, God can't get, can't get the money that he needs to get to you? 
That's people that's waiting to hear from God, waiting with financial blessing to come and be a blessing. They're waiting. Hmm? It may be hard for you to think of, but God has people which buku, macho, mochulada money. Looking to do what? To come and be a blessing when God releases them. But before God can release them, you have to release what's in your own hand. And you got to do it with a generous heart. You can't do it and say, well, I gave. You don't know. You could give financially, but where's your heart? It's your heart in your giving. Right? That's the key. That's why you're not a righteousness of God. You have to use God's righteousness to take a step of faith and do what you would not do yourself. Okay? So Jesus gives the, he said, I'll put it in the uh, King James, uh, Bobby. If he says, I say to that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt where in his heart, but believe those things which he said, who have to believe that? You do. I do. I do. I have to believe that. And so just because I say I believe it's not enough. Because there's a corresponding action that goes along with my belief. Are you getting this? So when you say you believe, when you look at the word, the word believe, that means you're acting on what you believe. You're not just saying, I believe it and not acting on it, meaning you believe that it's true, but you have no confidence, no faith in what you say you believe to release it. No man can give you that. It has to be of God. It has to be. Only God can put it in a person to give financially. Only God can put in a person how to receive healing. You, he, he, you can't count God out in nothing because why? The right standing that I have with God, it comes through Jesus Christ. So everything that I do, whether I give, whether I stand, you know, trust God for my health, whatever, I'm doing it because I've been acquitted from being stingy. Hmm? Why? Because I can trust God. My faith is in him. Now, if he don't want me to do it, he's going to let me know. But one thing for sure, the devil will never tell you not to give. I mean, to give. The devil will do everything to get you and I what? Not to give. <coughs> right? <coughs> you need this. This coming up. That coming up. <coughs> so, here's the key. If you don't doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you said, they shall come to pass. See, 
you have to believe what you say, it will come to pass, and he shall have whatsoever he said. 2 Corinthians 4.13, watch this, in closing. Four thirteen. We having what? The same spirit of faith. He's talking about King David. His first was written in Psalm one sixteen. According as it is written, look what he said. I believe, and therefore I have what spoken. So your faith is connected to your mouth. Hmm? Your faith is connected to your mouth. You and I have what we say anyway, bad or good. Notice this. As it is written, I believe, and therefore have I what? Spoken. We also believe, and what? Therefore what? Speak. So faith has to be spoken. It has to be acted on. And you have to become a student of that truth. And you stay with it until the desired promise shows up. You don't quit. You don't quit. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for a wonderful Savior. Thank you. Thank you for our redemption. Thank you that you graced our lives and gave us new lives through Christ. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Lord, we just wait on you. Is it anything else you want us to say? Is it anything else you want done this morning? We praise you. Just take a few minutes and pray in the Spirit. We praise you. Those of you who pray in tongues, just, just pray. Glory to God. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We know that you are here. Oh, just thank you. To know that I have this peace in you. Glory to God. And that you're meeting all of our needs according to your riches and glory that is in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we give our hearts to you. We give our finances to you. We give the way we think our beliefs. We allow the precious Holy Spirit to shine light into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's all we have for you this morning. Uh, Bobby, you can stop that. No, the, uh, the floor mat over there? No, not the, yeah.